Paranormal Part 2. This is the first ever podcast we ever did a year ago today, around the time of Halloween it was, and we decided to talk about ghostly experiences that we had. Because we don't do specials often, we and don't. when we do, they're special. We felt it only right that, uh, for this being the anniversary of our first ever episode, we, we revisit, and we're big fans of the uh, the paranormal, the unexplained, the extraterrestrial even. <laughs> So it, we, it felt right, being that time of year, October, coming up to Halloween, that we went back and we we, uh, we went back to that subject and we, we, we reviewed and we talked about some freaky-ass shit that we could find. Mm. Now, section one will be sort of a, a year in review of the strange and upsetting and spooky things or unexplained things that we've either experienced ourselves or that have scared us this year that we may have heard or... Have you seen anything? Seen anything. Well, I said this to you because usually, in many, many cases, uh, I will uh, drive to and from the podcast and, and that involves, on many occasions, driving home late at night. And the one thing this year that stood out, and I told... And I, I think you may think I was joking... But I certainly wasn't joking when I said that on a drive home along a dark road alone, I saw what could well have been men in black. I thought you were talking shit. I thought, right, because did you not see them near the well blundle? It was before, it was on a... Do you not think they might have been at a funeral and they were in all black suits and they were just walking back to the well blundle, pissed? Because if they were loitering, they might have just be like, oh shit, I'm fucked, you know. It was some way, I would say... A good, maybe even a quarter of a mile up the road, in a position where there's no actual designated parking area. A large car on the other side of the dual carriageway, it was parked up and there was three of them stood there in black suits. The lights of the car were on. There was no discussion going on. They were simply standing there. There wasn't even a handshake. There was nothing. They were sort of stood there and they did seem to be looking at the sky. Christ. Now that freaked me out because I, I, you know, I, especially with the men in black phenomenon, I, I was concerned. You're terrified by them, aren't you? I am, and I would love to know whether they do actually exist or not. But it just seemed so strange that they're that Army far. Are you telling me it's, it's, it's frightening? It me. did. It did shake me up, especially on a stretch of road that that uh, that's not a, a, a where a place you would usually stop. And there are actually stories of strange things happening. I've got a, a number of friends. I think I've talked about it before who. On one occasion, they they still they swear to it this day, to this day about being chased by what they call the lasers. Oh, the flashing lights! Yeah, yeah, like and, dotted lights around them, dancing around them. Yeah, and although I've not heard any follow-up stories, it, Maybe it seems so to. out of place that it really got my my imagination going. And and that is one particular thing this year that just does stand out to me. And I've, I've thought about it often since, just because. It was so out of place. The amount of times I've driven back there um, after a Friday night here, and it being what one a.m. on the Saturday morning, you never see anybody. So to see three gentlemen, large black car, lights full on, they were stood in the in the light of the headlights, looking up into the sky. Didn't appear to be engaged in any sort of conversation, and it got my imagination going. I've never seen anything like that before. That's spooky. 
I can only say that I've had a number of instances within the back room itself. The arena. Since our last podcast, mate, a string of incidents have unfolded. They've had a spate. Two-week zone. A spate of incidences. Tell me about them. Firstly, as discussed with Papa Dodds before we talked to him, he saw an apparition walk from the landing to the front bedroom. Now, I must say, I want to come into this. Your father is not what I would describe as a bullshitter. I mean, he's game for a laugh. And I always call him George Harrison, don't I? Because he's got that cheeky scouse charm and the resemblance of a, not a Beatles George Harrison, but... Wilburys. Wilburys era George Harrison. And, you know, he spent a lot of his... A lot of his life, I understand, on, you know, working sites and building sites and working hard. I don't think he would say things if it wasn't the case. Well, if, I, if he didn't, if I, he didn't I, believe when, them. When I sat down with him, he, I could tell he kept it to himself for a number of days. It was only when I was on my own with him that he said, I walked up the stairs the other day and I saw something walk into the front bedroom. A white figure. And he was like, I've not told you, Mum. I was like, oh, bloody hell, what could this be? And I, obviously, we've got the stories of when he was wallpapering and he saw the old fellow that used to live here that was watching his work. He said he definitely saw it. I said, oh, you've been, you know, I've, I've had that before and I've looked at my phone and I've looked up and I've seen a block of light. He was like, yeah, but I don't carry my phone around. This same evening that he saw that, I was in the kitchen at approximately half past ten at night looking in the long cupboard there. So in your, bit, in your kitchen, you were you're, you're scrambling around desperate, needing something to eat. And I looked to my left, my, my vision followed it. A bit of smoke went past the kitchen. Pat out the window outside? No, no, windows were shut. bit of smoke moved to the left in the middle of the kitchen. Smoke, you say? Like a smoky, smoky ball. Smoky, not steam. No, not steam. Smoke, like cigarette smoke. Cigarette smoke. No one smokes inside here. There's no smoke. I wasn't burning the toast. I didn't have any toast on. But I saw that move across. And then the day after that, in the very front room... Did did the smoke... Was it there and it was gone? It just went. Now you... In the front room, the next day, a picture in the front room flew off the wall smashed ornaments on its way down and landed on the exact spot where our beloved Oreo sleeps. Oreo wasn't there at the time. A strike against Oreo? That's where it landed. Spot bang on where he sits. Now, he was in me in the kitchen. He was... And he was hissing when that smoke was around. He was targeted, mate. Well, they do say animals are sensitive to this sort of activity. Mm-hmm. Now, what I need to, I mean, and here, you know, I'm your friend, your good friend, you're one of the best mates. What I need to just say is, do you swear this absolute? This yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. God's honest truth. God's honest and the truth. Smoke, smoke couldn't have been some mist in your eye, or it couldn't. It was. I can't say hundred percent it was, but the cat was upset, and, and the picture frame went for the cat. But what I'm saying is, to this smoke... Could be coincidences, mate. Well, where would the smoke... You definitely saw that it wasn't just... You know, sometimes you can get a bit of a misty eye, can't you? 
Oh, but I followed it. Yeah, I did watch it, so maybe it was my eyes. But I don't think... I don't know. It could be. You never know. I just thought it linked up nicely to what happened. No, I'm, I'm looking for you to say... I, no, no way. No, it def- not, yeah, yeah, def- no def- optical def- illusion. Definitely. I, uh, I texted Phil Ball and I told him all about it and he was like, bloody hell, because he believes in the, the occult. Well, the sceptics out there are going to go, Tom's just asked him a lead, leading question there. Mm. But, you know... But it, listen, mate. Listen, I, I'm not going to say it's, this, it's, it's, it's that's what it is. I, I think it could be bollocks. This isn't a scientific programme. This isn't what it's about. I'm just looking for you to say, honestly... I'm not making this up. Swear this, this was my experience. That's what day. happened. It could be coincidences. I was Hank Marvin. Oh, desperate for a bit to eat. Scrambling around the cupboards looking for the bread. And I thought, who's having a cig in here? Oreo's kicking off. If it was a, an host 1920s gentleman having a cigarette, I would have joined him. And I said, here, son. Fucking have a bit of this. Marble Lights is better than any of that wood bar in your smoking. What I want to know is... You saw the smoke. How quickly did it disappear? Swift, swift. So it was there. Okay, I'm getting hairs in the back of my neck talking about so it. So it sort of it sort of carries in the air for a bit, doesn't it? How many seconds? So we're going one, two, gone. It was like two seconds. Yeah, yeah, max. But it was there, solid. And it was suddenly completely gone. Completely gone. But I followed it. My goodness me. But we're going to move on. Because you know we're chatting shit here, but we're gonna, we've done something for this paranormal too, which has involved the listener, and we've got listener stories of their ghostly experiences and their experiences of the supernatural. And I'm going to kick this off with Chris Oliver, Christopher Oliver, end of entertainment. You'll see this guy painting some beautiful images. He, he works down at uh, he, he's got you know the waterfront. He does he does stuff down there. When you say the waterfront, you mean Southport or yeah, yeah Southport. Uh, he, 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 he films all the gigs at the Ship and Anchor. He does a great job. This is Chris Oliver's story. Is he the, the same chap opening this bar? No, no. That's, That's Dan Morrison. Dan Morrison, I apologise for conflating the two of you. But Let's hear what Chris Oliver's had to say. This was a Christmas shopping video from 2008. Now, Chris showed me the video of him walking through... Woolworths before it shut down. Rest in peace. 2008. He was, he was at the end of the video. It shows him with a book of Cliff Richard. And he filmed his mate picking up Cliff Richard saying, let's buy everyone Cliff Richard presents, right? So this is the story. Okay. So during the video, you will see us jokingly suggesting Cliff Richard related Christmas presents for people. This was a fun shopping trip. Shortly afterwards, I had an evening where I was lying in bed thinking, as you do, and I had this funny thought that it would be a really good idea to officially change my name on Facebook to Richard Gravy, which I did, and found myself unable to stop laughing at the ridiculousness for some time. Once I calmed down, I put my name back to normal. This is where the story gets a bit supernatural, and it felt quite ghostly what happened next. The very next morning, I switched on my TV set, and the BBC News was on. And who should be presenting a short section of the show, filmed at his house, but yes, Cliff Richard. And do you know why they were there? Why were they there? Because he wanted to tell people how he often cooks gravy for his whole family at Christmas and posts it out in containers. I was open-mouthed. This is now known as the Richard Gravy story. Chris Oliver, absolute gentleman, has gone through Woolworths and he's seen Cliff Richard 
calendars, books, autobiographies. I once CDs. actually got my own grandmother Finals. a Cliff Richard calendar. And guess where I bought it from? Woolworths. Yes. And he's gone home and changed his name to Richard Gravy for a laugh because it's Christmas. Yeah. And the next day, he's have... woken up and they've said on the news, here's a section of Cliff Richard. He's given out parcels of gravy as a present. What the fuck is going on? Mate, that's that's uh, that's pretty intense going, that is, isn't it? Chris, I think you've been visited, mate, by well, by, by powers above. Do you know, the... And they've, they've told you to change your name to Richard Gravy so that you promote the Richard Cliff Richard brand of gravy. And they've reached out to you with, with sine waves and they've hit you and this is what's happening. Chris, I, just don't get involved with the U-Tree situation. What, all I'm saying is, now it's going to just say, actually, I don't want to get us in trouble. Old Cliff has clear. been... He's clear. He didn't do anything. Ken Roach, Bill Roach, Sitch. He was, he was cleared. It has everything to me. Do not change your name to McCartney Marmalade. That's all I'm saying. Mm, I it's agree. Got all the, you've got all the, the, the... I'm trying to think of... Ingredients of... Yeah. De Niro mayonnaise. Next story. Could happen. Next story. Moving on. Dean Coughlin. Devil's Club Tattoo. Who is D- Dean? Dean is a... He was in the band with me, Kodaki. He was the lead guitarist. Oh, Deany. Dino. Now, he's got a best, story... Best wishes to you, Dean. He's got a story about his stepdad. I want to hear it. Now, do you know that wall that goes between Mughal and Formby? Wall? It's a wall. No, it's there's a very a canal. scary wall. And it's the Ince Woods. Oh, yes. It's Blundell Crosby, where you saw the men in black. Yeah. Well, they were, on, they were coming back from night out, like yourself was. And they were going down Cross Barn Lane to the local main road. And the rear taxi was taking these two gentlemen home, his father-in-law and his father-in-law's friend. And they were riding past that wall. It's an old wall. And it has crucifixes on this wall. And there's been rumour that a nun appears on the corner of this wall when you're driving down there late at night and it's caused many accidents it's not the poor lighting it's the nun that's caused the accidents and they were driving down there in his taxi and they were in the back of this taxi and they saw a headless horseman i've heard this i've heard of the head they were riding alongside the headless horseman they were sat in the back going who's Lads, he's riding a fucking horse and carriage at this time. And then the taxi driver went, He's got no head. Not just that, lads. Look at that. They've got no head. And they looked up. And yes, true to form, they had no fucking head. My God. Now, can I just say... They've seen this in the back of a taxi. Three people. Two's pissed, one sober. I hope the taxi driver's not pissed, because that'd be real bad. Well, the thing is, pissed, sober, not sober. If every single one of them saw the horse and carriage then that's enough they didn't even say what it was they said mate what do you see out there so there's no leading questions like I gave you before mm. I, was, I just want to put this out there I've got something to put out there every single time I drive home from doing this podcast I go along that very road late at night so do you feel followed or or under intense press I've actually I've never because there's a couple of manor houses on there you drive on this road dual carriageway you can go 60 miles an hour well lit and then suddenly you go through a section where it's all woods it's not it's, well lit as, as you said it's woods and off on each side is several so there's walls 
and uh, you, this, I always assume there's manor houses. Uh, it is quite spooky, so I hope you appreciate the risk I put myself to, but <laughs> I have heard of this headless horseman, but I've never heard of anybody who's actually seen. They saw it, yeah. Now, I don't know if when, they told did, him this did, story as a young In the email, kid. does it say... When? He, told me this, he told me this in person. But when it was, was it? a great story. Oh, it must have been about fucking ten years ago now. <coughs> but, um, but in the grand scheme of human history, ten years isn't very long, is it? No. I must say um, that the story's great. Like, that one tell you about it. It's like, uh, so what did they do? Were they like... Oh, they... Walk, it just kept driving. They flew off into the sunset as it were they went he, they only kept alongside them for a little while well I have I have something to say here because very close to that there's a place uh, called Crosby Hall which is now uh, I'd say it was within three quarters of a mile it's now an educational place where they have schools go and stay and there's, there's lots of grounds. There's still a manor house there where there's a, an old lord of... Uh, Is this of Taylor's? Crosby Manor. No, no, it's Crosby Hall. And within there, you, they, they do weddings and all sorts now. But within those grounds, there's these woods and forests. And that has a big wall up around it. And there's a, a church that goes back to about the 1100s. So I'm wondering if, yeah, hypothetically speaking, there. whether it comes from there... Because I remember I went to a summer camp there once, Crosby Hall Educational Trust, and they they, they, take, they take you through a walk through the woods. They show the old manor house, and that goes back to about fifteen hundred. It's this old Tudor Henry the Eighth era building. What Lundorb? It's not because they kept it upgraded because they, that's when it was first built, and then they kept upgrading it. The last time someone lived in there full time was about in the Victorian age. So you're talking nine, when did she leave nineteen oh one, so eighteen hundreds. But there was this other really, really spooky building that, um, because obviously at the time, the children of the manor, they would have somebody come in, a, a, what do they call them, a governess or whatever, who would educate them. And then they had a playhouse built for them. And it's still standing. It's out in the middle of the woods. It's really dilapidated. It's something like out of Blair Witch. Oh. It's this, it's this weird abandoned building. It was, it was like, you know you would have... A, a, a Wendy house or whatever for a kid now because they were dead rich and it was back in those days it, it was had two floors it was a proper fucking house I've been waffling but my point is I reckon it's linked something's gone badly wrong I reckon if we look back in our history we probably would find a uh, horse and carriage crash so Tom what have you got for me one of our regular listeners who is actually he's done great things for the over the years for the music scene here in Southport Mr Ian D Sumner I did hear a rumour that Ian you know the D in Ian D Sumner he's changed it so his actual name because he loves his podcast so much is Ian Doddenhoff Donnelly Sumner piss off I did hear a rumour now I thought it was Ian Backroom Sesh what supporter so Ian B Sumner I'm just going to read what he's written because I don't know, uh, for people who, who don't know, in Southport there's a number of actually, of, of old cottages, single story dwellings that are, have been repurposed to be suitable for living in, you know, in the modern day and age, that actually do date back to easily 10, 1100 
AD. They're seriously old buildings. WD Sutton rocking up in this shit. Now, Ian, the top bloke that he is, used to live in one of these. And he is... I'm just going to read his comment and we'll see what we think of this. When he was about 15... Actually, this doesn't actually relate to the old building. <laughs> but Research is a beautiful thing. Tom's here talking like he knows it all and then he's fucking set him up for a big, big fall. No, no, because one of these... Do you know what? You are better than Tom Daly at diving. I set the... Con- yeah, I'm going to win the gold! <laughs> I'm afraid you've gone out in the first round. <laughs> Anyway, when Ian was you about f- when Ian was about fifteen, mate, he was hanging out in the garden with a friend, and they both saw someone in the window of his brother's bedroom. It wasn't mm-hmm. his brother, so he thought he must be at home. His brother. They went to say hello to him, as is polite, you know. Brother's home. Let's go say hello. Nobody was there. Shit off. Not a soul. Nobody in the house. No one. No one else besides them were present but they definitely both saw someone what do you make of that my dad's done a similar thing he saw this with uh, Barry his workmate Colin and they saw this in a uh, old Victorian building and there was someone in the top window of the house in Maidwer waving at him it's very strange because and that's the room they were working in a lot of, lot they, they, that's the room they were working in they'd gone outside for a cup of tea and they were obviously waving to say, nice. come back, lads. <laughs> come back, lads, you did a great job. <laughs> Sterling. Thing is, though, right, honestly now, you know the difference between a fucking reflection or the sun. If You know if you see someone, don't you? I don't lie to you, mate. I've never seen anything so clear like that in my life. No, but I, I think I think uh, anything I've seen, like the smoke was talked to you about before, there's probably no explanation for that. I don't, I've not ever seen anything that's remotely close to being a fucking ghost in my life. Well, exactly. But what I'm saying is, if you look up to a window and you think you see a person and you go up there and there's no one there, you go, you would know in yourself, you'd be able to go, oh, well, maybe it's just, you know, the sun was shining. But when two of you see it. And you're, you're certain there's a person there. It does raise questions, doesn't it? It does. Because, and actually, if there's two of you think you see a person there, you wouldn't comment. If you just hang out in the garden, you wouldn't go, oh, did you see that strange looking thing that might actually be a reflection but look like No, a you'd say, what's she fucking waving at? Yeah. And then your mate goes, I don't know, what is she waving at? So I've got a bit of time for what Ian saw there because if you think you see a person, you know what you think you're seeing. What's Ian seeing? So otherwise it wouldn't Ian's register. got a couple of pieces. But going back to the context I set out before, Ian used to live in one of these fucking old houses. And he says... Again, I used to live in one of these old houses. Actually, one of the oldest houses in Southport. Churchtown. It was area. An... I went to his house. Yeah. Uh, beautiful little place. Beautiful uh, little fisherman's cottage. I must say, it did have something about it. Did have something about it. Well, it was an old fisherman's cottage. Listed building, he says. When he was living there, alone, all kinds of things would happen. And the thing was... He would find things not how or where he'd left them. At one stage, he actually got a housemate in there and he stopped noticing. And he assumed that, you know, because you're living with someone, you, you come and go differently. So maybe he, he picked this up 
and left it there and whatever. So you'd assume it would be in, but the most recurrent behaviour was it would open the bathroom window. Uh, you know, after a smelly poo. You make a great stinking here, son. So does this raise the question that ghosts have a sense of smell? Well, I tell you what, some situations happened in Ian's bathroom, didn't they, Ian? That it should be... Uh, <laughs> I mean, let's not say that about Ian on this. He's a he's a lovely man. He's no, he had some excellent parties. But he? let's be honest. Every time you go into a bathroom, there is a bad smell. But anyway, he would find it inexplicably not after a bad smelly poo by him or anybody else. The bathroom window is open, and they put the latch on it. And after he closed it and put the latch on again, what had happened? Open up again. Open up again. To the point where it actually got annoying to Ian. And it would get annoying. Well, that fucking draft. Do you reckon that's where they get the fish? Ooh. So that it didn't, could be a fish. It didn't area. actually used to be a, a bathroom. It would be where they would yeah, store. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good theory. Yeah, yeah. Because, to be honest... Because where are you going to keep your fish? A little small side room that you yeah, might yeah. not often go in. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it got annoying to him, and as it would, because you know, here in Southport, we are our, our, the tagline for the local tourism is sunny Southport, but it's not always sunny, it's often fucking freezing. <laughs> but we love it ever the same. So, when having people to stay, they'd all say that they thought there might be ghosts. They, in terms of, they didn't know why they hadn't seen anything, but they got that feeling about it. But that's actually very interesting, isn't it? That, I mean. Ian, did you ever think of having a seance? Really appreciate you feeding in, but we need to know more. We need to know more from you, because I think we've really just, we've just seen the tip of the iceberg here. The next section of Paranormal 2 centres around big and famous stories of the paranormal, the unexplained Things that have gone down. And I'm going to put them to my co-host. And I want to know his opinions of whether he thinks they're true. Whether they're absolute bollocks. Or what exactly he makes of them. And in his own terms, what his conclusions are. Let's have it. Give it to me. So, the first one. Famous story. Of a gentleman. Who claims to have worked at Area 51. He calls... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we're watching American Pie of some sort and there's a naked lady on the screen. <laughs> he, he called up a radio show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he told them what his experiences were and what he thought. This is the sound clip as it was. Online, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes. Hi. Um, I, 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 I don't have a whole lot of uh, time. Um... Well, look, let's begin yeah. by finding out whether you're using this line properly or not. Uh, area, area 51. Yeah, um, that's right. Were you an employee or are you now? Uh, I, a former employee. Former um, employee. I, I, I was let go on a medical discharge about a week ago, and, and <laughs> I, I've kind of been running a, across the country. Um, oh, man, I don't know where to start. They're, uh, they're, they're going to... Um, they'll triangulate on this position really, really soon. Well, um, you can't spend a lot of time on the phone, so give us something quick. Okay, um, um, okay, well, what we're thinking of as, as aliens are, they're, 
dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the um, space program made contact with. Uh, they, they are not what they claim to be. Uh, they have infiltrated a lot of uh, uh, a lot of aspects of, of, of the military establishment, particularly the Area 51. Uh, the, the disasters that are coming, they, the, the military, I'm sorry, the, the government knows about them. And there's a lot of safe areas in this world that they could begin moving the population to now aren't but they're not doing they're not doing anything they are not they want the major population centers wiped out so that the, the few that are left will be more easily controllable discharge <laughs> there's a thing that I read into this story. The guy came out later on and said he phoned up the same show and went, yeah, I was talking rubbish. I was just making it all up. I had a great night at the pub and I yeah, thought, yeah. oh, I'm going to give them a call. Yeah, that's what he said. He phoned them up and he said, yeah, it was all to do with me. What uh, a shit house. I was, it was just messing around. But the guy doesn't sound the same as the guy that was in the call. Now, I don't know if it was the, the, the frequency of voice or whatever. And the or way he sounds, sobered up when he called. <laughs> or if he had a gun to his head from the men in black that you saw on the motorway. Possibly, yeah. So I'm going to say undecided on that one. You're undecided? Mm. Well, I personally believe it to be true. Oh, surprising. Not really out of actually any sort of evidence-based conclusion. Just I want it to be. So I've gone for that. What's next? Now, sir, I'm going to put to you perhaps one of the most famous worldwide examples of poltergeist activity Christ the Enfield haunting or the Enfield poltergeist do you know about this? no I've never heard of it it was featured on an episode of a 90s 1990s BBC television programme called Strange But True ITV ITV I do apologise so (laughs) where there were uh, there was a family they lived in Enfield North London and they were being haunted. There was, and it was specifically targeting their young daughters, mm-hmm. being thrown out of bed. And some scientists came in, and uh, they actually conducted a sounds, and they proved. Uh, well, they got. They actually spoke to the apparent poltergeist, who there was found to be, or said, through a voice of the elder daughter. To be a gentleman called Bill. Billy. Bill. You can hear now a recording of the conversation that was had. Let me hear you say my name. Come on, let me hear you say my name. That's not my name. 
Say anymore, I need to say this. It was proven that before the family moved in, there was a man who had lived in the house who had died in the house, confirmed by his own son, called Bill. Mm-hmm. And as I've said to you before, they proved that it could not possibly have been done by the young girl, the eldest daughter, who was 11 or 12 at the time. She could not have put on that voice because even bollocks. Bollocks, I'm saying. Bollocks, I'm saying bollocks. Because that voice that you played to me was the dad's voice. It was coming out of a young girl of of 12's mouth. Unless there was video evidence, that was the fucking dad doing that. Where's the video evidence? Well, it was the 1960s or 70s, mate. That was his fucking voice. So bollocks on that. They were being thrown out of bed and all sorts at night. That voice was clearly him. He wasn't there. That was his voice, though. It was coming out of the 12 year old daughter. You listen back, and that is his voice. But uh, you tell me that voice. Oh, market man. Yeah. Obviously him. Didn't have a dad. Well, the fellow that was conducting that, that was obviously him. Right, okay, so you say that's bollocks. Yeah. What's the next one? One that we've discussed many, many, oh, many times. It's Elisa Lamb. It's Elisa Lamb, mate. Oh, this now, is. Now. This is a piece. This is a piece. When I... I don't... Because it's a very simplified question. True or bollocks? What I want to know from you is... Do you believe that Elisa Lam... It's all one big cock-up. And they all mm. say... Oh, it's, it, it's been made out to be something that isn't. Or do you think there's just a very simple explanation... Of the fact some fuck... Murdered her and dumped her body. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's simple explanation for it, because uh, there was a lot of things that came up online, wasn't there? 
about the electric light fucking company in Canada or something. They were doing cloaking and stuff. Like, you can hide yourself. You can appear invisible. And obviously, Elise Lamb was in a, a elevator hiding from someone who could not be seen on any of the CCTV footage. But the thing about that footage is you can see her in the elevator, but you can't see the hallway CCTV. Now, assuming you've got a CCTV in your elevator, elevator. you'll have one in your hallway, right? Definitely. And that's not being released. So, why it's not, not being released is a strange yeah. thing anyway. Uh, otherwise, I'd have said that a somebody at the hotel has totally destroyed this young girl and put her in the fucking tubs on top of a hotel you know because like apparently said she couldn't have lifted the lid off what she was found in and there's no so drugs. you think it's it's get, coming down to a simple murderous I, I, hotel yeah, 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 yeah. staff rather than some sort of massive cover up yeah I, I, I think I think so because obviously if you've got if you've got CCTV footage in a bloody elevator you're going to have it around your whole hotel and that's been hidden um well, you would do. Yeah. You, 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 you can't move for CCTV nowadays, can you? And it wasn't that long ago. I'm happy enough to release CCTV footage of someone walking through your front door of your hotel looking like the men in black. Why are they not going to release the CCTV footage of someone that some young girls are going to hide from? I don't think... You know, they didn't find drugs in the system, so it wasn't drugs. I know she had a history of depression and drugs and stuff. I don't think it was that. I think she's been bloody had off big time there, you know. And it's sad... That that's happened. Yeah. That's been covered up. Right. So okay. So <laughs> sorry to get deep. Last no. I, that seems to be the most logical explanation. Yeah. There's a murder out there who needs to be held accountable. As an end to this paranormal podcast, we are trying a Ouija board. Now, we're highly sceptical about the outcome and the success of the Ouija board. And nevertheless, we're going to try it. We've heard several stories which include people saying, don't ever try such a thing in your life. Don't ever go near a Ouija board. Don't bother. Do not touch. But we've thought, fuck it. We're going to try. So, using WikiHow, which is, let's face it, is the most important thing and the, the best guide. If you don't know how to make an omelette, go WikiHow. If you don't know how to make a pie, go to WikiHow. So, we went to WikiHow for how to use this Ouija board. And it told us to set it out on a table, as we have set the, the the lighting as low which we have and to get the glass on the letter G which we have so thinking about it in terms of which of us would like to contact previous spirits I personally and you're probably sitting out there going oh you can't choose which spirits you contact but I'm going to try I want to contact my well both my grandfathers let's do this so we're going to give it a go. What WikiHow told us was to designate the medium. So we've done that, which will be David over here. You have happily accepted designates, the other medium. Designates. That's you. 
So what we're going to do, we're going to put two fingers each on the glass over the G. They're currently in position. David will then announce that he is the designated medium. And then he will ask for any spirits within the room to announce their presence by moving the glass towards the yes. We will then concentrate for several minutes to see if it happens. Okay? Okay. So, over to you, David. There's any spirits in the room. Please let us move the glass towards yes. If there's any spirits in the room, please let us move the glass towards yes. If there's any spirits in the room, please let me, my friend, move this glass towards yes or no. If there's any spirits in the room, let the glass move towards yes or no. Well, I think and there we, we have it. There we have it. We've the tried our board best. is a lie. We really, really did try, and I've got to be honest. I was really concentrating on that. Were you really concentrating? I was trying my hardest. We were really concentrating. We tried our best. We did everything that WikiHow told us. It didn't move. Nothing happened. And so... Don't get us wrong. We will try this throughout the night and we'll see what happens. Yes. But, you know, I, I really wanted something to happen. But it didn't. And... Uh, so that's not to say that it, it may just have been the environment here or something we did wrong, but certainly in terms of the experience of the backroom sesh, we tried a Ouija board and as I've said previously, nothing happened. So thanks for listening to the paranormal episode. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you for listening to the backroom sesh podcast. I've been Tom Donnelly and that's been Dottie Doddenhoff. Remember, Question everything, or would you rather?